Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Chef's Meal, where we talk about whatever and never and everything else in between. Yo, yo. Hey. There we word. go. Oh, my word. Oh, man. I know. Oh, well. Technology nowadays. You know, hey, listen, this is 2019. The fact that we can do this is pretty, pretty amazing. This it is, is amazing. This is like Jetson stuff, man. It is Jetson stuff. Like, if you think about it, 10 years ago, this was impossible. I mean, it was. Nope. But it wasn't in this format. Like, you can still call yeah. and record it and stuff, and but this isn't, like, um, it, it's just, it's it's the future, man. This is cool stuff. So, I, I use a, uh, um, I use a web app called Zencaster, usually. Mm, I've uh, heard of it. Uh, well, the thing I like about it, and I think you've figured out that you need to, for optimal sound and for easy editing, have two tracks. Yeah. And my my first shows and my first guests were all on the Anchor app, but it's all one track, and this was like maddening. So Zencaster lets me, uh, you know, make some edits in the tracks, and it just makes the editing and the flow a whole lot easier. It really is. So, yeah, and then your voice doesn't duct either yeah. when you're trying to talk. It, that's the most annoying thing, I believe. Okay, so are we ready? We are. Let's okay, go. so again, welcome to the Chef's Meal. Today, we are joined by the culinary libertarian himself, Mr. Dan. Hello. This is the uh, the applause segment right here, just, just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like the applause segment. I know you have to it's like it's you make an announcement and then it happens and then if you don't put anything there it's just kind of eh, you know so we have to put an applause there good plan okay so just just tell me quickly um, a little bit about yourself and why you made the podcast well I am by trade I am a chef Ooh, and what, what? that should Sorry? I said, what, what? Fellow chef? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, so you would think that would be enough, but I ended up moving into also doing baking and pastry. Ooh. And <laughs> I am <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Why? Why did you do that? Um, well, the answer is pretty simple. I was trained by some really old world, old school kind of guys. Mm -hmm. And the that thinking is if you're going to really earn the title of chef, then you need to know how to do everything. Everything, yes. So not just you know throwing food in a pan and making the flame and ooh, that looks cool. That's fine, that's fun. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot more to the world of food and if you are gonna call yourself a chef like say, Paul Bocuse or mm -hmm. Roger Virginia, you need to have a mastery or at least competence in all areas of food. So I went into baking and uh, it, it turns out that I really liked it. And for years I avoided it. Mm -hmm. But so uh, now I can kind of do nearly all of it, which includes butchering. By the way. Hey, you have to know, you so, know, you have to know all aspects. That, that's like, it's um, so, like a good skill to have anyway. It is a good skill to have. And so what, <clears throat> sorry. It's okay. So the podcast came about as so I started the blog a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. and lots of podcasters who these podcasters frequently said, "Well, you need to start a podcast." And 
my first thoughts were, this just sounds like a lot of money. I don't have <laughs> a lot of money to buy all of these things, all of these toys. And uh-huh. uh, it came, came to be that most of these things are available mostly for free, like the Anchor app. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I started the podcast as a way to be an extension for the website, which is, or for the blog, which is mostly, is, it's the two things, the culinary and the libertarian part. Okay, but there are other people who do the um, the politics of libertarian very very well, and that's I, I can't compete with them because they're very very smart on this. But what I can talk about is how food policy, food laws, do impact everybody on some level in their freedom to choose the foods that they prefer to eat. Absolutely. It, it may not appear to be ideologically based, but when politics gets between, I'm, I'm borrowing this line from uh, Joel Salatin, when politics gets between your food and your lips, that's a problem. It is. And so it was a way to talk a little bit about the things that I know, which is baking and how to bake and how to provide people who want to bake some of the tools that I think are helpful to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, lots of people, oh, it's baking. Well, let me tell you, I have met some extraordinarily talented cooks who turned into babbling babes at the idea of having to go mix bread or make muffins. I'm a cook. So I know there is a baking phobia. I know that people of extreme intelligence and great competence feel that they can't succeed at baking and i don't believe that that's true i believe that they've been misinformed and and may have tried and and not succeeded well the first time Mm -hmm. and felt certain well i can't do that well you don't give up at basketball or baseball or football the first time you drop a catch so it's it's easier to feel incompetent at baking because the results are there staring you in the face and if it doesn't does it taste good that just reinforces that oh i'll see i told you i can't bake <laughs> well it's there you, you can you really can and you may not be able to make danish or croissant today because that's that's actually hard that takes that time takes, it takes time it takes a lot of knowledge and a lot of patience and one thing lots of young bakers and they don't mean young in terms of age but young in terms of experience, experience mm-hmm. they don't necessarily have the patience they don't they well you know so take the example of cooking cooking is easy you have all this diced up stuff got a hot pan throw it in toss it a few times maybe you get some flames and sparks and ooh and ah and the food's done mm. so I can cook well so the difference between the person who's doing that and that's fine if it tastes good and the people like it I have nothing to say about it. But from the professional cooking standpoint, great, made a good dish. Yeah. You would five thousand times over the next four years. Tell me how much you love it now. Yeah. So there's the the cooking and the baking, they look the same. They have food, they have heat, they've got stainless steel, but there's a completely different application. Correct. And the there is science in throwing the food in the pan, but you don't see it. And and if it if it works and the science goes awry, you may be able to hide your mistakes. With baking, 
there's nowhere to hide these days. There really isn't. The, it's a clear the, product. Well, it, yes, it's it. <clears throat> the the yeast and the baking powder and the baking soda and the chemical reactions that happen. They don't really care about how much you push. Okay, <laughs> doesn't matter. It's going to do what it's going to do, and knowing and being able to anticipate what those reactions are, now you can start getting into sort of twisting and tweaking your recipe, and then you make it your own. Yeah. But just like doing a really good crossover in basketball, if you don't know how to dribble at all, well, that's an unreasonable expectation. Correct. If you can't do a lateral to your buddy on the playground, then you're not going to throw a 50-yard bomb. <laughs> so... We, we have we, we have these understandings that I need to have some basics. I need to have some fundamentals when it comes to the other things that we do as hobbies or sports or whatever they are. Even if you're if you're a woodcrafter, you had to start someplace simple. You have to. So you don't just go build the boat because you think you want to. You're not Gibbs from NCIS for God's sake. <laughs> <clears throat> My need... wife would love that analogy you just made right now. Well, you know, it's it's a it's an impressive thing. And it a is. thing done well is a beautiful thing to behold. And and baking and cooking is the same, but I think we I think we expect too much of ourselves too soon. That frustration reinforces the fact that see I can't do it. So I want to bridge that gap. I want to show people that you can do these things. And once you get the the basic techniques down, well, now let's take the next step. It's it's like everything else. As you have a skill, you need to start small and build on that skill with the new ones, and and then then you can make the boat, then you can do the bomb, then you can you know do the crossover. But we we need to start simple. So. Yeah, I I I agree a hundred percent. I actually preach. Uh, the same message to all my other uh, compadres and the managers because I have um, just like anything else once you are the head you you want to pass on the knowledge to your subordinates however uh, the the era nowadays uh, they they all want to go one to 100 in a week instead of taking the time honing it really uh, understanding their craft what goes in it, uh, et cetera, et cetera. There's a whole bunch of slew of many steps that needs to happen in a certain amount of time so you can perform the task or the dish or whatever it is that you're making to its completion. So, ah, it is so good talking to another uh, culinary mind because it's just, it, it's hard to, to kind of just explain it to somebody that doesn't um, know it fully yet or nor do want to understand uh, the basics and um, it's, it's, it's just a rough procedure altogether for them to kind of to get that fire in them to learn it. Yes, I agree with that. And I don't think that that is uniquely this generation's problem. Uh, I think the I, I, I know that as a young cook, I had high ambitions and I wanted to I want to do the same thing. I mm -hmm. to, we all I did want to get this little jalopy i want to get into the porsche i want to go a thousand miles an hour tomorrow yeah and we all did that can't happen i think the big difference well not a because that's too much but that's silly but one of the big big differences between when i was a young cook and young cooks now is the proliferation of 
cooking shows. Yeah. When I was a kid, there was the Galloping Gourmet, mm -hmm. which <laughs> the original one, not the reboot, which got takes it, got me it. tremendous. Then there was Julia. Julia's most, classic. That was it. Yeah, that was <laughs> and, it. So when I was a young and in culinary school, our 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 guide was uh, if you had them, there were three choices. There was the Le Guide Culinaire, which mm -hmm. is Zero Scottier, mm -hmm. um, and then either Herring's Dictionary or Le Repertoire de la Cuisine. So I have Le Repertoire, I had a rebound, and my Escoffier is extraordinarily well read. Mm. And that's where foundations and basics and principles come from. And like all those other things we talked about that require a base of skill and technique, none of those things happen rapidly. They Correct. Take take effort and application and persistence and and they take the doing you can't read a recipe and then say oh i know, i know how to make that i read a recipe about it well hey let's <laughs> go give it a try there hot shot um but it, it, i i think for now this is the thing that i don't know if the young cooks of today are willing to be humble enough in the face of We'll say defeat. That's a hard word. Mm -hmm. uh, if they're humble enough to say, "Wow, man, I, I I bit off more than I could chew, and I need to slow down and pay attention," I, I suspect that there are probably some who are willing to to introspect enough to make that observation and to make that commitment. But maybe with the way the world is now, when everything is fast, 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 mm -hmm. it that might be a more rare trait than it used to be. Now, I don't know. That's purely speculation. I don't actually know that, but um, based on how I watch my kids mm -hmm. and their 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 demand for immediate gratification because everything's at the fingertip. Yeah, what, correct. Well, go look it up. Where's my iPad? No, no, no. Go, go get go get a book. Go get the <laughs> The dictionary, that's so old fashioned. Well, yes, but there's, the, you know, I don't know if you're a fan of The Simpsons, but one of my favorite clips, which is such a spectacular commentary on society, mm -hmm. is Homer has something in the microwave being heated to eat. Mm -hmm. And it's got seven seconds left. He's like, don't, seven seconds. <laughs> Because, of course, the seven seconds, it might as well be a yeah. lifetime. And We're like, oh, man, can't do it in seven seconds. I know. It's just, so this is, it's, that's, I think, the challenge. And, and I, I don't know entirely how to reach those people. I, I reach them the way that I, I, I reach them with the patience and, and try to teach my kids that, listen, not everything, what if, you know, if you're, Powers out, you can't charge your iPad. What are you gonna do? Yeah, so this is called book, and I, I'm being I'm being kind of snarky, and I sometimes am. But there's something to be said for the the way the way we learned before, which was doing and reading and getting off of the chair and going and doing something. Mm -hmm. You want so, to learn to play volleyball? Grab the volleyball. Go out and play. Put some time and effort into it. You know, really learn it. Well.
and and you know even with our computer stuff um there are people who listen to this who probably are also bloggers or podcasters or some way using the web and they're like oh my gosh this seo thing is insane mm-hmm. and 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 so it requires a lot of well blogging and podcasting all by themselves requires a lot of time and commitment but your butt doesn't leave the chair yeah so it's a different kind of attention to detail it's a different level of um, skill and competence but it, I, I, I sort of miss the physicality <laughs> <laughs> so 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 that's the culinary libertarian philosophy of the world and Got it. I mean, it's 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 all great. I, I just, it, it, I feel I feel like I'm I'm talking to a brother in arms because we both put in the time. I mean, I I've been uh, in the business for 18 years now. I started really young, just as a, a dishwasher at the time. Moved my way up, went through the paces. Now exec, et cetera, et cetera, same exact thing. But I I I took the time to learn all aspects of the kitchen. That way, when I finally do become uh, the honcho per se I know how to run it I know um, the the processes and the procedures to to make everything efficient so it's just it's so it's so nice I'm telling you right now it's, it feels so good well I agree it's not, we, we are apparently a increasingly rare breed mm-hmm. it's it's few and far in between man you can't can't find I mean to, to your point earlier I've been at least a corporate chef right now and for the past three years all the people that I've hired all the new ones rather uh, all the youngins I call them um, all want to go one to 100 in about two weeks that you know don't want to take the time or listen to critique or just just to take a step back and reflect on what they did they just kind of keep wanting to go 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 I, I get it I, I absolutely get it but there is a, a sense to just even slowing it down for just a quick second so you understand exactly what happened would benefit tremendously on what they do on the next steps that on their career. Well, yes, I, I, <clears throat> I agree with that assessment. And I think that that still remains the case for everybody. But, you know, as you're talking about this, I'm thinking about and people, the parents, and I'm being one of them, mm-hmm. are going to like the idea that part of the problem, part of a problem, it's, it's, I, I don't like saying the one thing because that's just idiotic. It's much, human mm-hmm. beings are far too complex to be just reduced to one problem. But I think there, there is a sociological uh, opportunity to at least examine some things. And one of those things is the increased infantilization of our children mm-hmm. which is to say that for longer and longer and longer into their high teens and early 20s very little is expected of them the immediate gratification of the internet and the ipad and all of these things and cable on demand that i'm going to watch this obscure show now and there it is they're I, technology is great and it lets us talk on this on this device but some of the costs for all of this technology is the inability to understand and appreciate delayed gratification or accumulated knowledge 
Mm-hmm. I want it all now, and I don't want to understand how I have to get it. Just <laughs> tell it to me so I can move on, because there's there's some other things that I must spend 15 seconds on. And I, I'm not deriding our society. I'm not deriding technology, but I am deriding a little bit the willingness of all of us as parents, and I know that I do it, because sometimes the easiest thing is, oh, my gosh, just go watch something. Just leave me alone. <laughs> And and that's 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 an easy solution for the immediate, but it's it's not a good solution for the long term. Correct. Yeah. And I've been reading a book called Teen 2.0, which makes the point that this kind of a problem, well, uh, and and the word adolescence is mostly a Western term, and and significantly an American thing, that these problems don't entirely exist anywhere else mostly that this this infantilization this this childish behavior into your teens and 20s is kind of an american phenomenon and the author goes into talking about this is what other countries do and i'm not saying we shouldn't uh, this isn't this isn't a country comparison argument Mm -hmm. this is and for there might be ways to There might be ways to raise our children in a manner that gives them a higher set of responsibilities and expectations, which then comes with accountability mm-hmm. that presently doesn't exist. And I, I think that is the problem, probably at least one of the problems you may be having with these with these youngins is they probably, and this is a blanket statement. They probably haven't been given a task, an expectation, and an an explanation of what happens if you don't meet the expectation. Yeah, and I agree. That's really really hard for an employer to to do with 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 employees. You know, there's there's so many other things in life that don't have to do with the job, but in our trade. The, the idea of mise en place. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fine, that's silly, but it's not really silly because if you're going to sit down and do your homework and write an essay, you need your paper, you need a pen, you probably need two pens, maybe you want to drink a water. All the things you think you're going to need for the next hour to accomplish this goal, maybe you need references, so you've got the books on the table. Uh, this is mise en place for that task, and I think that in, for the most part, I, this is just hunch. Kids aren't taught this. Kids aren't taught organize your space, organize your thoughts, because there is music of the mind and of the space. I don't think this information is getting out. I don't think so, so either. When yeah. they're given, when they when they have to be accountable, be accounted on, they don't know how to do it, mm. and that's it's easy to look at the brother. What's wrong with you? Well, but not entirely that human's fault especially if that human was was raised in a way that they had no they, they couldn't there wasn't an engagement there wasn't a feedback mechanism to say mr parents mom parent um are you sure you're doing the right thing by me the kids don't do that <laughs> no they don't right they're, just, they're not going to they're going to, they're going to go along to get along to make the less least amount of noise the path of least resistance so not maligning parents i understand i'm a parent i think sometimes you just like 
you 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 hit a threshold and you need you need some alone time to to not smack them or something and that's well, that's gonna <laughs> that doesn't come on right anyway um so but but i think that you know so the things that you and i are seeing with with your cooks and with my kids and and with her uh the her being my children mm -hmm. um schoolmates friends I think that there's something to this, and I don't know what the solution is. The solution isn't going back to the 1880s where we, you know, we plowed fields with horses and everybody had a garden. No, that's silly. But I think for you, if, if I may be so bold, mm -hmm. I, I think one of your biggest challenges is to give them, those youngins, the very specific, clear expectation. Mm -hmm. and the understanding that if you don't meet the expectation this is this is the consequence now of course you know enough about you people that if there's a real genuine effort and and the goal was missed by a little bit but wow this person really put some work into this well, that's really what we're looking for Correct. we're not necessarily looking for competence and perfection at that first try Mm -hmm. We want to see the next time you do it, did you improve? Yeah. And the the best test I've ever found for that is make holidays. Because, <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> man, oh, there's just a thousand ways for that to go wrong. And so did you get it just right? Not too eggy, not too buttery. Did you get just enough lemon into it? Is it just the right consistency, not like bleh, paste. And yeah, there's that's that's a worthy test for any cook to get some humbleness absolutely because um <laughs> i can't believe you broke up the hollandaise thing <laughs> oh my good grief i i actually do not make any hollandaise at the restaurant anymore for that one sole purpose because i'm the only one and i hate saying that I really do. Uh, no one else in the building can kind of get the, the ratio right, nor the patience to actually do it. So I just end up making it anyway, and it just delays me on all the other things that I have to do. And I already have a, a whole bunch of things that I need to get done for the day and for the week that I just, it's inefficient, at least for me. Even for my sous chef, I give it to him, and then that delays what he does. So I just exit all together. No, I understand. We uh, the, one of the places I worked at in Tallahassee was uh, the chef was a certified master chef. Mm -hmm. So you can be sure everybody who did grill was going to make a hollandaise. Mm -hmm. and we we went old old school. Now we didn't go super old school because the way Scoffier said to do it, I've tried. Man, oh man, oh man, that's even harder than hard. Yeah, but you need to have a reduction. And the hot water is not a reduction. You've got <laughs> to get some flavor into those yolks. And so the problem is how much water is in this particular egg yolk. Mm -hmm. You have no way of knowing. No. You like, like the potato. When you cook potatoes, how much water is in the potato? I, you know, well, I don't know. I didn't make the potatoes. So you as the cook have to learn how to adapt and make the product right every time even though the ingredients, are, they look the same. Potatoes look the same, but their water content isn't the same. Mm -hmm. the, the, the composition of that egg yolk isn't the same day in and day out. 
Um, did you make the reduction not quite reduced enough? It, I mean, there's, like I said, there's so many ways for that to go wrong that it's, that's why I like this to go test. Um, for your young bakers, have them do a simple muffin. <laughs> it, I mean, it's it's super simple. I wrote an ebook about it. But well, if they can make it, there's hmm. lots of ways for muffins to go wrong. And if you if you, and so this is where baking becomes one of those things. You can sort of hide and mask your mistakes in the holidays. You can add some hot water to thin it out. There's mm -hmm. lots of things you can do. If you overmix a muffin, there's no un-overmixing it. Correct. And you don't necessarily know until you open it after you've baked it, and then there's those tunnels, and you're like, ah. Yep. Nowhere to hide. It's, it's the feel. It's the, the experience. It's the time that you spent noticing the small things that leads up to it is what will make you successful, in my opinion. Right. And that's, so, I preach this all the time at the restaurant, man. I'm just like, you have to take the time. You just, you can't just go from A to B. There's little steps from A to B that you need to notice while you're doing it. And that will increase your productivity tenfold. Now, here's the thing that drives people crazy is yes there's a to b there's a point one a point two a point three and if you really want to go into it there's a point one a a point one b you can really get into this and so that's one of the things that i really liked about baking cooking too but baking is more a little bit more fun because it's more sciencey it's more researchable which is to invent a word i suppose okay so back to that simple muffin you know it does make a difference if you put wet onto dry or dry into wet that shouldn't matter but it does it does if you fold eight times or 20 times that's going to make a giant difference and so one of the things learning the skill of a simple muffin teaches is pay attention to your ingredients watch what you're doing and if it says don't overdo it, don't overdo it. More isn't always, more sometimes is just more, and more isn't always better. Correct. And 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 that's one, I, I think cooks would learn a lot about cooking just to go and do something simple, make a muffin. And not even a cake, because you don't need a mixer to make a muffin. Mm -hmm. You just need a couple of bowls Correct. and a rubber spatula. And 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 the ability to not overthink the thing that you're doing, mm -hmm. which I think tends to be a problem for certainly for young cooks, is they're I don't know they I, I I think and I know that I did I had this vision of this you know great toke be toked chef <laughs> mastering <laughs> all, but that's 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 not a realistic expectation it's okay to have this dream that you're confident we all do that that's fine that's a healthy thing but uh with humility can go a long way a long way a long way just i as simple as those words are just to take that to heart is the most difficult because all of us have the habit of wanting to be you know i i keep saying it one to 100 in two days but just take the time and really learn the craft. It will just be better for everybody else. 
Oh, absolutely. Agreed completely. All right. Well, like I said, Dan, uh, the culinary libertarian, you can actually kind of like just just listen to this guy. Talks about a whole bunch of good things. And like a brother in arms, uh, where can we find your stuff? Can you just like list it for us if you don't mind? Yeah, everything is on the blog at culinarylibertarian.com. And there's uh, menus there for the recipes and for podcasts and everything's there. All right. Well, I mean, so real one last question as we kind of segue out of it. Okay. And this is going to this is going to take another call because I'm going to pick your brain at it. I've actually started making sourdough. Nice. Yeah. It's been four months now. I feel like I'm 25% there. It's a hard, it's a hard feeling. Because one, you know, I, I've cooked, I've baked. But sourdough is a different beast altogether. You have to understand the, the humidity, where you are, what time it is, how much you do. And it's just, oh, man, it took me, took me two months to make sort of an okay bread. And it didn't even rise properly. It was like a flatbread. But it's through, it's through trial and error that makes you better than what you are. So now on my fourth month, I feel a little more confident. And it's coming out a little better. But it, it will never be perfect. And that's my strive for perfection. Eventually, I will get that perfect loaf. But it will never be perfect because I know I can be better at it in the long run. Well, so there's two things. One, I understand entirely the personal assessment of never being 100% perfect. Because to you and to me, whatever the thing is, we're always like, you know what? Ah, if I had just done this one thing, I could have tweaked flavor a little bit more. And and we know that 99.99% of the people will never notice that. We, that doesn't care to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't care. Really we know. So I understand that part. Um, I also agree with your assessment that four months in, you were 25% of the way there, and here's why. You need whatever baking you're doing to do it for an entire year to understand what happens to the dough in January. Correct. Compared to what happens to the dough in July. Uh-huh. And, and, then that's what, and that's the real key. Competence in January means nothing in the high heat and humidity of the middle of summer. And, and I spent a year in, at this place in Tallahassee, uh, made puff pastry once a week for a year, just for that reason, to find out, okay, great, Tallahassee in January, it's nice and cool, mm-hmm. the butter is very, very happy. Tallahassee in the middle <laughs> of summertime. It's a mess. People with air conditioning, the butter said, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's a mess. I, I'm just gonna go ooze all over the place. Whole different beast. Yeah. And that's my journey. I call it my sourdough journey because I, I'm so new to it. I haven't done all the paces yet, and I know that it's coming. And so I'm making notes as I, as I make the bread. Every week, pretty much, I've been making bread and taking notes on what's happening, when I took uh, the leaven out, how much I add, et cetera, et cetera. I, I have like a, a journal, pretty much, just making notes so I know how to better efficient um my time during you know said uh time of the year and what humidity etc so i'm actually taking notes on like the weather what's happening outside what it is the temp inside my house when i took it out just so i can all reflect back to it so in the next year again when we have this conversation i'd be like you know what dan i think i have 50 percent now 
Oh, I'm I'm so impressed that you're taking notes because that's I'm I've told more bakers than I can remember. Write down what you're doing. You have Pay to. Attention. You have to. Next next month you won't remember what happened on this day. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah yeah yeah. You won't. I've got one of my baking books. Um, has just dozens and dozens of um, pieces of paper inside with my notes about the changes that I made and what day was it. So I know it was January in Tallahassee. Well, I know what that means as opposed to July. Mm -hmm. So all that information is relevant and you need to know these things because your fingers need to get that knowledge. And Correct. if you don't remember, you need a you need a, something to jog the memory. You're like physics, bump, bump them on the head. Um, you need to jog your memory. And that note for me is the jog, and that's how you build success. So uh, it sounds to me, Casey, like you're beginning your own sourdough cookbook. I am. I, I am getting there. Because I, I, I told my wife in closing that I, I really want to make this bread a, a part of our lives growing and into when we have our own kids. I want them to share the same experience and have them make the bread also because I, I want us to, to all eat in the table, you know, with stuff that we've made, stuff that we've uh, grown. We also grow so many plants that we consume. Um, there, there's no better feeling than to make something and then you eat it and then experience that, that joy that it came from your hands. I, I want to share that to my kids. Cool. Me too. I know. Well... That is all we got. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Again, Chef's Meal airs every Thursday at 10.30 in the morning. We are talking to Dan. Go check out his podcast at Culinary Libertarian. I'll make sure to link all this stuff underneath. And then, also, we are also going to chat one more time about sourdough stuff, if you don't mind. Oh, I would love to. We're going we're gonna to keep doing this because I feel great. This is awesome. You're my brother I... from another side <laughs> of the world right now. Yes, absolutely. And, and <laughs> as it happens, you know, you're... Uh, Jersey, right? Jersey, correct. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little rough down here, but you know, it's okay. Well, you know, the geography is beautiful. The politicians less so. 